Thank you for downloading the Car Fiction for the Love of Cars podcast, a weekly podcast where we talk about all the amazing things happening in the world of cars. And this is a very special episode recorded live at the Goodwood Festival Speed in the middle of the Thursday afternoon. And in fact, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, the festival will still be going on. And I'm joined by a familiar face and voice to Carfection fans of old, Mr. Alex Goy is here. Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good actually, it's been a good, busy day. I'm good tired, but I am yeah. definitely tired and I'm almost certainly sunburnt because all of my skin hurts. We, uh, it looked like it was going to be very, very nice weather throughout the whole show and then we actually got rain in the middle of today, which was a bit odd. It was very helpful because it started to rain just as I was about to drive up the hill in a Lotus Evora. Um, ah, which, which you've already done your hill run today. I've, I've done today's hill run, well hill runs, uh, I suppose, um, like you. Mm-hmm. I went up in the Brabham, which was unbelievably good. We'll talk about the Brabham yeah. a little bit in a, in a minute, yeah. And uh, then a Lotus Evora GT430, so mm. guess how much power, power it's got. Uh, well, Lotus are pretty good. They actually give you the correct number on their cars. Yes, they do. Pay attention, McLaren. <coughs> yes. Uh, so, yes, yeah, 430 horsepower, 0 62 in less than four seconds. It'll do 100,000 miles an hour. But this was the GT430, which has the big wing and the trick aero on it. As opposed to the GT430 Sport, which doesn't. Which doesn't and is faster. Which because less drag. Be, well, because less drag and slightly less weight. But the thing is, around up, up the hill, if you're not, you know, if, if you don't know the hill like the back of your hand, any little help is, is good. And uh, yeah, I was, it was fun, but it did start raining just as I got there. But, you know, I drove that car, I think, earlier this year, I think. It's a phenomenal bit of kit. Like, people keep, people aren't necessarily kind about Lotus, and I completely understand why, because various decisions years ago mean that there's been no new product development or at least publicly for a very 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 long time so they've had to make do with current products and then just fixing it and doing different things to it and trying to develop it and evolve it and with the evora um I, when it was launched i spoke to to the um uh, to the ceo jean marc and he said basically this is our take on a 911 gt3 which is good because it costs the same give or take as a Porsche 911 GT3. Yeah, that's a challenging prospect for a Lotus to go up against. Yeah. Yeah, because Lotuses work well when they are affordable, yep. you know, and I mean, great handling sports cars. It works very well, but it also costs 112 grand. And they're only making 60, but you mock. The thing I, I, you inferred mockery. I was merely raising an eyebrow. I read your face like a book of mocking. You were mocking, uh, but I don't blame you because it's, it's ridiculous. Like, how can they get away with, with charging this? But all sixty of them sold. Yeah, and they are. To be fair, they are stretching the Elise Exige and Evora out to absolute breaking point in yep. terms of how many different models that they can release. Yep. I mean, the just in the last couple of last two years, the amount of special editions and one-offs is an ever-increasing list. It's better than the what was it? The the Paris show in 2012 or 2013. So the, no, that it was the. Par- I, I remember it very clearly. Yeah. It was a very strange day. Um, I wasn't there when it happened. I heard about it and then immediately went. So in 2010, yeah. Paris show 2010, uh, former Lotus CEO, MD, Big Boss, Danny Bahar announced his grand plan for everything Lotus. And what they were going to do is they were going to sack off 
the Elise, the Exige and the Evora as we knew them. And instead, they were going to introduce five and a half new cars. Yeah. And they were going to take on Porsche. So there was the Elise had a 444 horsepower V6. The Elite had a similar engine, but a folding hardtop. Uh, the Esprit was a V8 with 500 and something horsepower. There was a 360 horsepower Land, something like that. Then there was the Etern Saloon, which was kind of the Panamera thing. The idea was basically make, making it the British Porsche. Yeah. And then they had this little city car concept that no one really talks about. But the people weren't talking about the cars then. They were talking about the fact that the press conference was so mental. Because they had Mickey Rourke, Naomi Campbell, and celebrities just being marched out. And it was all glitz and glamour and isn't Lotus amazing. And you fast forward a few years and we've still got an Elise, an Exige, and Evora, and Lotus no longer has a Danny Bahar. Yeah, it, it has kind of gone back to its basic building blocks and then tried to make that work again. But I will say, the company itself is, how do they put it, they're, they're trading profitably, which means they're not losing money, but they still don't have lots. Well, it's, it's worth mentioning as well that uh, Lotus has traded hands as an entity yes. and is now uh, under the Gili uh, umbrella. Yep, which is uh, good. Which who have done great things with Volvo mm -hmm. uh, and are there's very exciting stuff happening there, as we know. And when you're at Lotus in Hethel, mm. there's genuine enthusiasm about this yeah. new era. Um, and and you know we, we we remarked on it earlier walking around. This you know this year at Goodwood is you know it's the Porsche show. It's their 70th anniversary. It's also Lotus's 70th anniversary. Yes, but at, at, at risk of saying something that might not put Goodwood in a favourable light, but maybe Lotus doesn't have the money of Porsche and therefore oh, they're not being allowed to show off as much. Clearly not. I think you're, you're, they're restricted to their stand. It's just behind us a couple of blocks and the, they have one big sign yep. and it has it up there. It is their 70th anniversary. Yeah. That is that's their lot but you know the fact is they are still going yeah no, they're, they're still going and the, the little cars are still being still being churned out and if you go so over, over the years I've, I've been to the factory a few times the first time I went was seven years ago they had two lines going there was the Elise and Exige line there was the uh, Evora line then I went a few years later and there was just one very sad looking line and I went there a few months back now and there's loads of cars and loads of people and they're being sold all over the world and there was great excitement and the, the whole um, Julie thing is, is huge news so this year maybe not as celebrated maybe their 80th They'll be, they'll be back on they'll top. Be, they'll, they'll, they'll be gluing cars to a stick like Porsche has. The fact that they're still going, I think, is something to be celebrated at mm. all. And it's a you know British brand, and it has changed hands many times. And it's it's not always, and now increasingly more frequently, not been British owned. But you can say that for almost all great British companies at the yeah. moment. So um, they are still going, and on their stand right now, as I say, they've got the uh, was it the 430 Cup there in the John Player inspired livery but then behind it they have Mario Andretti's 1978 Type 79 F1 car uh, in John Player Special uh, livery which is just I'm, I'm, it's making me feel a bit sweaty. Well, there I kind of need to go see that. <laughs> it was, uh, because another car that we've seen a lot around here is the McLaren Senna, which obviously has had its mm -hmm. launch quite recently. We've talked about it in the podcast quite a bit already. Um, but the Senna launch was at Estoril. It was indeed. Uh, which was the home of Ayrton Senna's first F1 win. Mm hmm which, do you know the year? No idea. You the, know how I feel about Formula One. Yeah. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head either. <laughs> um, but the fact is, is, it was 1985, I think. Okay. Um, That's a year before me. Yes. 
was 85, but what I do know is, is that it was in a John Player Special liveried Lotus. Oh, sweet. Uh, and there's cool. just there's just something about those John Player Special liveries that are uh, there's something about the kind of the cigarette liveries that as, as distasteful as I find smoking, this is some of them. The one of the Porsches on the uh, statue, we'll talk about that in a second, is uh, is the Rothmans liveried 959, mm. and it just looked so right. Yeah, it's uh, that 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 is. The thing is, way back when, you could advertise your tabs on the side of a car at a motor race. The, the tobacco companies had all the money because they wanted lots of people to buy their product every single day. And that's what people do when they smoke, having done it for a million years and now stopped. Um, but the thing is, because they had those, like, everyone knew the colour of a silk cut packet. Everyone knows the Marlboro colours. Everyone knows the Rothmans colours. Everyone knows the JPS colours. If you didn't smoke, you know you know those colours because of those cars. Yeah. And if you did smoke, you'd be like, you'd watch them go around and go, oh, I really fancy a cig. Mm. Is that how it worked? <laughs> yeah, it, you know what, and like, a completely random side note, um, when I did smoke, I used to watch um, TV shows where, so, where there'd be a character smoking quite a lot. Like, I think a Channel 4 show called Teachers was quite bad, because you could still smoke in pubs when they were shooting it. And uh, I, I used to make me want to smoke as well. It's really bad. Wow. Don't smoke kids. Don't d definitely it's, don't it's, smoke kids. Don't smoke kids. <laughs> they are terrible for your lungs. Terrible for your lungs. Um, so coming back to uh, Porsche, and they are yep. kind of they're they're somewhat trying to steal the show. What do you make of the sculpture this year? Every year the sculpture blows me away, and it, it, it makes me angry that it blows me away because this one is super special. Have you seen how thin the bottom of it is? Uh, I haven't specifically looked at how thin it right. is. Right, so next time, so last, a couple of years ago there was a BMW one that was a big crazy mental wibbly wobbly thing and last year's, what was last year's? It was uh, BMW, no that was BMW, I can't remember last year's. Uh, it was in Mercedes two years ago and BMW last year. Okay. Maybe. Other way around. Other way around? it was Brexit two years ago and I was here for that. I was here for the Brexit one. Mm, that was being that was being done are you sure that wasn't Mercedes positive because I was at the party okay <laughs> we'll have to look this up we'll have to look this up it was BMW I was there but they maybe, maybe George can google it just can off google camera it real quick um, but the the statue this time you'll see there's loads of like supporting wires and things like that yeah so it goes up to this amazing star this explosion of Porsche but the whole star motif is actually carried down, so it's, it's the column starts off really wide, but then goes down. Tapers into a you point. Can, I can almost get my hands around it. I have small hands, so may, maybe someone with normal size hands like you. Oh no, I've got quite small hands as well. Have you got child hands too? Yeah. Okay, but you you will almost be able to get your hands around it. I'll do my best. Uh, no, it is it is a stunning piece. I mean, they always bring in a very acclaimed sculptor to do it, yeah. and this is uh, this has been no different. And uh, see if I can remember all the cars. There's a three five six. There's a uh, the 919 Tribute, mm -hmm. there's the 917, mm -hmm. there's the 911R, mm -hmm. and the 959 Rothmans liveried rally car. I think that's all of them. I think it is, yeah. yeah. The re the re there's a 356. 918 Spider, did I see 918 that? 918 and there's a 356. Did I start with the 356? I think so. No, no, I don't know. Okay. It's been but a really long day. Between, okay? us, <laughs> between us, we've mentioned them all now. Between us, there are cars. And the cool thing about it is, with all of these Goodwood statues, those are real cars. Yeah, yeah, it's not. You know, they drain the fluids. They uh, find a way to connect them to a big stick in the sky, and those are real cars. So that 911R is more than likely the one we shot a few years ago. There you go. Yeah, this is. Well, it cool. looks exact same same livery on it. So yeah. the white with the red stripe. Um, what is Goodwood for you? I mean, we people, I guess, we come most years, if not every year. Um, but it is. It's not a trade show. It's a public show. Yeah. Um, so. 
for those who don't come or who have never been, how would you describe it to people? So I've been, I've, I've been coming to Kidwood for the thick end of a decade now. Admittedly for work purposes, but it's always been, I've always found it fascinating because Goodwood itself is an amazing leveller. There's no we're better than you or you don't like this, therefore you're not welcome. Everyone here is here for the same reason. They like fast cars, noise, they like motoring, they like to feel it and experience it. And you can get, so in the, in the, in the, the Cartier lawn, you don't need an extra ticket to get in there. You just walk up and you can be this far away from a McLaren F1. Yeah. You don't get that at a trade show. You don't get that at like a Paris or Geneva or anything like that. But here, for a weekend, it's all about fast cars, having fun, and celebrating automotive culture. There is, because it's Goodwood, a little bit of a leaning towards the more gentleman end of it with tweed and, and, and all that stuff. But there's also, you know, there's the fun side of it. So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a big ramp and people doing flips over there. There's a Jaguar driving experience so you can have a go in an F-Type and play around and, and fling yourself fling yourself silly if you want to, there's there's off-roading things, there's a rally stage, If so if, see my jam is supercars and sports cars, so this is my end of the show, I always hang around down here, because I can pitch up next to uh, next to the uh, the driveway, watch some cars, hear some noise, smell some smoke, and that, that's fine, but if, if you don't care about this, go up the hill further, and you end up at a rally stage, where there's all those rally cars that you saw when you were a kid and thought, wow, that would be wicked, I'll never get to see that live, and then you see it live and you kind of you can lose yourself in it mm. time passes worryingly worryingly fast here as well so you get in at nine in the morning and you think oh well, i've got this still i've got that to do i, I want to see this i want to see that and then the next thing you know it's quarter to four and you've, you've lost an entire day just to looking at fast cars and having fun and i think that's the important thing is it is about fun and it as as a celebration of automotive culture it's something that no one really does quite like the British, but other than the British, no one really does. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a slight overlap in terms of the kind of cars that come here and the style of, of show there is with, say, Monterey mm. uh, and like Pebble and the Quail and shows yeah. like that. But this does feel so much more accessible and yeah. so much more like leveling. I was I was remarking to someone earlier that this feels like this is the closest you can kind of get between the people who are rich enough to buy some of these cars and people who just want to admire them from afar. And everyone's kind of mingling in together and they're the house there aren't that many areas where uh, one group is excluded from another yeah. um, I I actually really still I would never take anyone I care about to Geneva the, the, the show or well, the Paris Mint show well, or no, Frankfurt because they're horrible yeah but I would come <laughs> here with my family and I have come here with my dad and and just had a look around and just hanging out and watching the cars I mean today has been a busy day and we haven't had a chance to do everything that we wanted to do so far but it is one of the best working days of the year just because you get to be around so much cool stuff speaking of family and this might be a bit of a footage dredge but do you remember i brought my mum here for a feature we never did and she fell asleep at the top of the hill in a 458 spider oh yeah yeah there is there is <laughs> i'm not sure we'll be able to dig that footage yet but there is footage of mrs goy asleep in a ferrari somewhere to be fair they made her wait a long time yeah and someone crashed yeah no so i've i've been sat in a morgan waiting to go up because someone crashed and i'm waiting for two hours to do my hill run Speaking of hill runs, yes, um, you've already talked about the Lotus that you drove up, yep. uh, but both of us have done passenger drives in the Brabham BT62. Yes, which for uh, anyone who isn't aware is the the resurrection of the Brabham name by the Brabham family yep. um, in 
million pound supercar form, mm -hmm. uh, of which there will be 75. 75, there's going to be 35 done in famous Brabham livery. Yep. There's going to be 35 done to a customer spec. Yep. No two cars will be alike. So the cool thing is, you know, the, the, the launch car was the, the green and gold yep. car. Which and we have a couple of films of on the Carfection page if you're interested to find out more. Someone will have bought that. And then if one of the people who buys one of the, the 35 customizable ones goes, I want that car, they'll say no, but here's a designer and we'll work something out that's close but not quite the same. Um, it's, it's a truly special thing. Like, I, was, I was talking to, to, to Mr. B about it. And By Mr. B, Mr. you mean B. David Brabham. Yes, Mr. Brabham. Ex-Lamar driver, yes. ex-Formula One driver, Mr. B is cool. son of Jack Brabham. Yes. I know you and I know who he is, but we have to expand Sorry. for the viewers and listeners. So I was talking to David Brabham about what it means to him, because it's, you know, it, it's not every day that you resurrect a car company that happens to have your name. And your dad's name. And your dad's and your name. name, yeah. Just yeah. Every, like, it's the, the, the family name. And so you you have to ask him, he was saying, well, you know, during the uh, the launch events and during during Goodwood, I'm kind of in the zone, I'm going through the, the motions, I'm like doing the process because this is what I have to do. You know, I, it's what I used to do when I was racing. It's it's what I it's what I, it's how I manage to to kind of live and, and do stuff like this without being overcome with emotion. Um, but he was saying that when he was signing on this morning and registering the car, he got his got his form and said, "Manufacturer, Brabham." And then he went, "That was cool." There's <laughs> that moment where it's all come home, where mm. it's all crystallized because it, it has been a long journey because they've had to reclaim the name to which they didn't have the rights anymore that was a long legal battle um, as as kind of easy as you think it would be to use your own name on a car that's not always the case um, but it is you know a real up from the ground up by the bootstraps kind of idea it's the only car being made out of Australia currently and it's wearing yes. that proudly um, is it Canberra they're making it I'm not sure where in Australia I think it is um, but it is uh, We've, we've filmed it, we've heard the engine turning over in the studio, uh, as I said you can find the videos of that on Carfection, but seeing it in motion is, is, is key and um, David was the first to admit that the hill run at Goodwood is not the best place to show off the car. Um, that, needs, that needs a track with lots of space, uh, it, needs, it, need, it needs space to breathe, because um, the, the, the hill run, when it's dry, is really dusty and if you've got thousands of horsepowers going through the rear wheels and you've got tires that aren't slicks and are cold as well that you know the two do not great bedfellows make so he was but the thing was he was going five tenths maybe oh, yeah. and it was still phenomenal the noise the feel of it it's there's a very it's a very tactile thing you know saying I, I wanted it to be a cross between a, a GT car and uh, and and uh, you know a, a, a prototype kind of thing, and he's like, "That's what we've done. It's faster than the GC car around the circuit, so I'll take that." And I'm like, yeah. "And it's, people can buy this?" Yeah, it's an unapol, uh, and it's not road legal. It's it's right. worth mentioning again, but it is unapologetically a race car. Yeah. Like it very much has a street legal, supercar inspired exterior. Mm -hmm. It definitely looks like something that you could drive on the road. Yep until you turn it over and actually drive anywhere in it and it is there is no concession to mvh there's no uh cooling breeze or an air conditioning oh, unit man. it so was about a million degrees if, in that car. If, if, if anyone's super keen to have a look if you if you stalk my my twitter media 
at A1 Goy Fact Fans. Um, if you if you stalk that, I took a picture of my hand in the car just as we got into the bottom of the hill. It was very exciting, exhilarating. I was trying to enjoy it and screaming and swearing and had a big grin on my face. It was hilarious. Got to the top, waited a bit. That was all cool. Got to the bottom. And just my hand, I didn't realise fingernails could sweat, but it turns out they can. That's uh, interesting and gross at the same time. It was revolting, yes. That's horrible. It, it, lo it, looked like I was, it looked like I was literally dissolving. Okay. <laughs> it was horrible. Did you look like that guy at the end of Robocop, who falls into like the acid and then melts and then gets hit by the car and just disintegrates into a puddle of ooze? Well, I'm talking to you now, so I'm a very sentient oh, yeah. puddle. If so, good luck. Sentient puddle. Sentient I, I've puzzle. never even called you anything that bad before. You once called me a face on legs. Did I say legs or a stick? Uh, a face on legs and meat on a stick. Meat on a stick, there yeah. you go. Um, this, this is the respectful working environment we had back in the old days. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the real test for the BT62 is going to be the drive. We've yep. got Henry Cashmore lined up to drive it in a couple of weeks. Uh, and we'll get his his uh, esteemed opinion on how how it actually handles as a race car. Uh, this is being sold to people not to race. It's not it's not um, regulated in any FIA series. You can't race it against anything in a proper proper race. But um, it will be sold to people who will have to treat it like a race car if they are actually going to drive it. it th the the thing about it is is that if you buy one. So you spend your 1.2 million or, or, or whatever it is, um, you buy it. And what they do is they take you driver training and they try and gauge how fast you are. I say they, David Brabham will gauge how fast you are. And then he will teach you to basically Le Mans driver standard and then you're ready to handle the car. The car that you've dropped a million pounds plus tax yes. on. But you, 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 buy, you don't only buy the car, you buy the whole process yeah. behind it. You get the heritage, you get the, the time of day. twice the price. Yeah, well, for, for something like that, yeah, it is because it's the, it's, it's, it seems to me it's a, it's a type of vehicle where once they've taught you how to drive it, you then can drive pretty much anything. Uh, yeah, well, you'll be a better driver all round, mm. definitely. Um, unfortunately, it's not something that either of us are ever going to be able to afford to get in on, but I'll be interested to see if they're able to publicise who not not all customers will want to be known and some will be buying it just to have as a collector's item there is a real heritage feel to it with a car that has so much historic motorsport weight kind of behind it but uh people might buy it just to sit in a garage and look pretty unfortunately i wouldn't blame them no and it is a stunning looking i have mine in, in british racing purple it's not a thing. It is now. It's not a thing. It's a thing. Um, I've made it a thing. So going from one end of the kind of the car scale to the other, uh, we were, we were both actually out uh, last night as uh, guests of Mini, and so it was uh, uh, worthwhile going down to the stand today. And they've got two cars there, which could not be more different if be, they tried. Could not be more different if they tried from each other, and indeed from what the current Mini lineup is. Mm. Um, so we had no, we've seen them both before, but this is their UK debut for the John. Cooper Works concept and the electric concept. Yeah. Now, what do you make of the uh, GP concept? Yes. Yeah, so, so the, the JCW GP3, like the 
They are the kind of MGTSs of the mini world. They're, they're a little bit more hardcore, they're a little bit sharper, a little bit harder. They tend to not have rear seats, they'd have big wings. The first gen one, you know, it was it was quite a serious bit of kit to drive. There's a lot of heft to it, and you need to put some effort in. The second gen one, I found it a little bit too easy, if that makes sense. It's just as is the thing with modern cars, you just slot the gear into gear and go and it's it yeah. But the way this thing looks, I'd be amazed if they can actually make it road legal because it's got these flanks that come out of the side of the car and they channel uh, airflow down a little bit I8-ish and then there's a bit of a gap and then it does the same on the roof which leads into a spoiler which is super cool. It looks properly badass. It's like, like if Batman drove a Mini. Yes, which would be a bit weird. Yeah, a little bit weird. Now you're speaking as an ex-mini owner yourself. I In fact, indeed. as you were speaking about Lotus as a current Lotus owner. Soon to be ex-Lotus owner. You're I selling think. your Lotus? Yes, next Ooh. year. Well, that's a different discussion for another day. That's a day. different discussion for a different day. Um, but the other end uh, uh, of what they were showing off was the electric concept, which we have already seen, but we now know is pretty damn near production ready in terms of yeah. exterior looks at the very least so we we would we had a bit of a walk around with a designer oh dear someone's fallen off someone's fallen off off the track oh no maybe not he's just doing a big skid that's See, annoying I this is this is a, a real-time experience ladies and gentlemen we are watching uh, in the background <laughs> just behind uh, the camera for those of you watching this on YouTube uh, cars going up the hill or at least Alex's I can't see the screen from here oh there's there's a big dirty Mustang doing a big dirty skid anywho I've got a big dirty anyway um, so don't finish that sentence I won't don't worry that was the joke um, so yeah the, the electric mini while because you were off Brabhaming while we had a bit of a design walk around from uh, Mini's lead designer yeah really lovely guy really cool dude and he was talking about uh, how uh, well, well, what they did to it so, you know the important thing is the surface is smooth it needs to be as aerodynamic as possible so the the, the wheels are kind of extra uh, are more aerodynamically efficient there are vents cut into the body which are aero the uh, the headlamps are smoothed over the door handles aren't door handles they're panels that you prod and you poke but someone in our little group raised the question what what will there be in the in the mini electric range because currently there's a mini one a mini cooper a mini cooper s mini cooper s jcw right is that going to be in the ev range is there going to be a slow one a quicker one a quick one and a really quick one and he, he, he was honest he said look I'm, I'm i'm a designer i haven't been privy to to, to drive it to, to its full extent but i spoke to some people in the factory who had big grins on their faces. It's fast, by the sounds of things. It's fast and it's fun. Well, so, I mean, there doesn't need to be a range of EVs at first if the EV is just one of the mini mm. range. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we all know that electric cars can deliver, I mean, even something like as pedestrian as the Nissan Leaf, up to 30 miles an hour, which in you know urban driving is really the extent of what you're getting up to a lot of the time, it was quite pokey. It would get up there quite quickly and you could actually have a bit of fun with it. So something that Minis always have to have a slightly more jovial approach to handling and, and, and driving. There has to be a joy in it, so the yeah. electric car would surely have to have that as well. Oh, it will, but uh, I think it's the, the, the battle a lot of manufacturers face at the moment, all the way from Mini to Porsche, is that if you're going to have an electric car, you need to make it feel like the cars that it's the, the, from, from the lineage that it's, uh, it, it's joining. So, you know, the Mini has to be 
bright and perky, bouncy, fun, get you around corners like nothing else, and it has to it has to be exciting. And yeah, with the EV, you may lose some noise. They may stick in a funky synthesizer, so it will make a, a, a whooshing noise or a clown honk noise or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but um, if Mini being Mini, I don't think the guys and girls there would go, oh, well, it's quiet and it'll go around a corner, so done. Lunch, anyone? That's not, that's not what they do, because I think a lot of Mini's reputation rests on getting this right. Um, arguably, full EVs are a significant chunk of the future, and so people like Mini do need to get in at the comparative ground. At the moment, we haven't really had um, the Model T moment. Because we've had, like, if, if you look at kind of the, the pantheon of, of, of EVs, there was the EV1, which was released by General Motors, then immediately taken away, and then people have tried and it hasn't gone quite right. The Leaf, the first mass production uh, electric car, pretty cool, but not very exciting and still not very affordable. Then you get the Teslas, which they're very fast and that's a wonderful party piece and they have a, a quite religious following but again at the moment you, the, the promised $35,000 Model 3 is not a thing no. but even then that's a $35,000 car in the UK that would be £35,000 which is not cheap so I'm waiting for that small car manufacturer who will release you know the 15 grand EV. That's that's the Model T moment. That's when you go, okay, this does everything I want it to do. It's quick enough if I need it to be. It'll do a few hundred miles on a charge. It'll charge quickly and it's not boring. That's what we're waiting for. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're do you think the mini there. electric concept could be a step in that direction? you think it could be that moment or is this, are we still at that kind of pre-Model T moment? I think, I think we're very much on the cusp of it. There's, um, there's, there's, there must be something coming because right, right now, if you look at who else is making EVs, so Audi, for example, the e-tron is coming. Um, you know, it's it's a small SUV, which is the biggest market segment at the moment. To get to get briefly on on Carfection, um, last year the small SUV market, um, well, sorry, in the last seven years, small SUV market has grown 800 yeah. percent, which is why literally everyone is releasing. It's been the fastest growing sector for ages, yeah. and has overtaken pretty much everything. Um, so you got Audi releasing that. Now, the thing about Tesla is that while its owners are very excitable and very rabid, and if you say anything wrong about dear owners Elon of the actual products, cars themselves, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and fans of Elon and Tesla, if you say anything remotely that disagrees with what they have to say, they will jump on you, they will attack you, and it, it, it's it's a little bit much, shall we say? But the the real the reality of, of a Tesla is that it's party piece that it goes very quickly. They aren't very well built, and they're very expensive. And the design's looking a bit long in the tooth. The interior design isn't very nice anymore. Like, it used to be quite cool, but now it's just, it's, it's aged, and it's aging. Um, and I said, I said once, uh, years, uh, ages ago, the moment either Tesla figures out how to build a car like Audi, or Audi figures out how to build an EV like Tesla, the game is won or lost. And so I'm curious to see what happens. So the moment that e-tron tech starts coming in, the next car will have a refined version of it, but all the R&D's done. Yeah. There'll be a VW version of that, there'll be a Seat version of that, there'll be a Skoda version of that. Well, that's the benefit of being inside the VAG group, is yeah. that it's all shared. Yeah. Everyone shares at the badge. Yeah. 
I was trying not to say that as well. Just like the, the Vag group is passionate about giving as much as it can to its people. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what happens. I think, I think the Mini Electric will be an important car because it's an EV with personality that isn't a Tesla. Um, that's yeah, that, that's a huge thing. The, the only other EV that will have personality that isn't like a lot of personality that isn't Tesla is a Morgan three-wheeler and the EV3, which I'm still dying to drive. Yeah, that was my car of the show at Geneva when we unveiled that. Mm. I absolutely love that it's, thing. It's, it looks it looks good. Um, I am I am up there on official car fiction business next week, so I shall see what I can nobble. Yes, and it is worth mentioning that. Uh, uh, as you, as you, I'm sure you are well aware, Alex was with Car Fiction for many, many years, and then wasn't Five. for a while. Yes, I, I went away. All, 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 all I'll say is, and you may have to edit this bit out. We've met, I've made many, I've, I've, I've said many stupid things before on, on video and, um, and and in public, and sometimes to my mother. Um, but I, I, I do believe the biggest mistake I made was hello and welcome to Motor One. So you know. That happened, and now I'm sort of backish, but not. Well, I'm not editing that out. Yeah, I'm going to keep that in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so Alex has already been on the channel in a couple of films uh, that have gone up recently. Mm -hmm. One uh, talking about Porsche owes you nothing, says Alex Goy. Yes, and the comments on that are brilliant. As we were fully expecting, and yep. there will be some more stuff coming up in the very near future. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are listening to this on the podcast, then I do recommend you check out carfection.com or find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash carfection and subscribe to the channel and hit that bell icon and you can stay up to date with everything that the channel is doing including any future films we get from Mr. Goy. Of course you can find us on the social medias, find us Carfection on Facebook, look for at Carfection on Twitter and on Instagram it's at Carfection Films. Basically Google Carfection and if you can't find it step away from the computer. Yeah that. Um, and if you'd like to follow me I'm at Drew Stern across all of the social medias. Remember if you want to talk about the podcast in particular use the hashtag FTLOC footlock for for the love of cars and we will be able to find that lickety split and please let us know that you're listening to the podcast it's still very early on we're trying to figure out what the best way of is what the best way is to put this together for you rather uh, and making it the best it possibly can be we'll be back next week with a more regular episode which will include uh, on the YouTube version uh, some video highlights from the Goodwood Festival of Speed 2018 uh, and an extended conversation uh, with Mr. Henry Catchpole who will be here later in the weekend uh, and all the stuff he goes up to but for now Alex thank you very much for joining us on the Footlock podcast thank you for having me it's lovely to be sort of backish 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 not back for good I'm just kind of here hanging around the corner like a like, like a stray dog or a bad smell yes that <laughs> they, they always come back is they all always I'll say come back, anyway yeah. thank you very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time <laughs>